0: Hello and welcome to the Bloody Bizarre Podcast. This is episode... Fuck. Eight? No, I think it... I don't know. <laughs> also, the way that you open that sounded very robotic. Yeah, it always... Hello and welcome to the Bloody Bizarre... That's what it sounded like. It always does. And I've told you I need to find a way of doing this properly. And I've told you it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually don't know what episode we're on. Ten. Oh, <laughs> All right, so All right. episode ten, excellent. That's we're in double digits. We are. What a shocker! We're getting closer to the point of having more episodes than followers. Yeah. Um... So for the love of God, follow us, please. And like you said, it's like a creative outlet. Yep. Like both of our jobs, we neither of us are allowed to be creative, but we are. Hey, a, I created a flyer the other day for my job. I um sometimes like add colors to things that I make, and oh, people I'm are like, when so ra- organized," and I'm like, "It's just the it's literally the only the creative like, outlet yeah, I have." Like, I sent an email the the other day, and I put um I highlighted a color in a different color, so it was a, it was for Are Okay Day, right? Mm. And I said, "There's muffins in the tea room," and I made muffins brown. Oh, because <laughs> muffins Ooh. are brown. Picasso, I like. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah, what yeah. the kids say. Well, anyway, I I guess this is probably where I should do the spiel. Yeah, go for it. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We do have Facebook. I checked. We do have Facebook. We've got a Gmail. We've got a website. Uh, At the moment, we have all this stuff for not many people. (laughs) No, you've got to to build the um, scaffolding for the people to stand on. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I like that way of looking at it. I would also mention we are in what uh, one of the podcasts that I listen to called The Time Machine where we record a couple of weeks in advance. Mm. Uh, so things that we mention right now on this podcast might not be relevant for those that are listening. So I just want to say that it is grand final day in Australia mm. and I am a little buzzed because of that you really don't seem it though i've said like i said yeah. this in the car you really do not seem. It. you no just one. seem relaxed more relaxed than usual it's like a medication honestly which is like maybe not healthy yeah especially since you're already on medication <laughs> 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 on anti-ds everyone um <laughs> <laughs> i really don't care there's no all. shame there's no there's shame there's no shame there's no shame at all where are all my um depressos are one's right in the room right now with me <laughs> Sarah's more an anxiety queen than a more yeah more queen. an anxiety girl myself yeah. um but you yeah. know I've dabbled in depression, <laughs> She's dabbled in depression yeah <laughs> um but so yeah I just wanted to mention that we are in the time machine so anything that we mention in this yeah we're not that far though we're not that far ahead no we're about two weeks ahead yeah, yeah. and we record these two at a time usually we so do we'll, yeah. we'll like we relate we release one each week i think we're doing pretty well considering we've got 12 followers like we're being (laughs) pretty good to those 12 people (laughs) hey did you did i tell you that i checked our followers and we have someone we have someone in america that is consistently listening really yep someone in (gasps) oregon oh well and sarah and i've been to oregon we loved it we fucking loved it whoever you are wherever you are (laughs) please start following us on instagram Yeah. Thank, thank you for listening. Uh, like, don't feel like you have to follow us on Instagram. It's not compulsory. You can just listen casually as you have been, that I have been watching. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so creepy. Did yeah. I tell you I listened back to the one where we called out the, yeah, yeah. And it li- it does sound so creepy. Mm-hmm. So creepy that I'm scared that she might unfollow. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't blame her. Yeah. Um. So from now on, maybe we don't shout out new people yeah or i'll just shout them out in a not by name i'll just be like oh i saw you um i saw that someone new list uh is listening yeah so yeah uh what are we talking about today we are at number 10 and i've got a really good one for number 10 i'm glad that it's coincided with one that i have so much stuff for cannot wait yeah okay so today I am talking about. <laughs> I can imagine say if, on the waveform, it's like. <laughs> imagine if the if that's how I spoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something else. Doing some of the editing for this has made me really self conscious about my voice. It is kind of annoying. This is why I don't listen. Sarah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not like I don't think it's the worst, but for example, my laugh. I have a certain laugh that's like Dr. Hibbert. yeah Uh, but you know that you and i speak similar yeah we do and have similar mannerisms so if you're Mm. saying that your laugh is stupid then my life is stupid no yours isn't see that's the thing Uh, i noticed the difference i uh, noticed that it was my uh, laugh only um so today i'm going to be talking about om shinrikyo now you know that i like to put you in like the vibe of things of course yeah so today's vibe is early 90s all right i want you to get i in. was one year old um actually when the biggest thing happened you were a little bit older than that i'm gonna go through because okay. I've, right. I've got the times written in right. here sure um okay. i'll go through my sources first okay. as we do so like tomato mustard do you want to um guess what my first sauce is Wikipedia. It is. It is yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, my second source more is... like Wikipedia. Very good. My second source is nippon.com. It's like a um like Japanese news. Okay. But it's in English. It cool. was it was really useful actually. It came across like a .org but it's a .com. Mm-hmm. Um abc.net.au Great. And the book Zealot by Joan Thornley, which, oh, as yeah. I told you, I already owned that book. And I'll just full disclosure: I've owned this book for ages, and it's on my to be read pile. Like I've had it sitting there for so long, wanting yep. to read it. And she just didn't know how to read. Yeah, so I I, I learned how to read for this episode, <clears throat> and I I knew that there was a chapter on these guys. So what I've done is I've just read the chapter on these guys, okay, um, which was really really good. But I am going to go back now, now that I've pulled the book out of the shelf, and I'm going to finish it. But yeah, so I, I did use it. Okay, so Aum Shinrikyo is a Japanese doomsday cult that was founded by a man called Shoko Asahara in the late 80s. So Aum Shinrikyo translates to Supreme Truth. Love that. From humble beginnings, this cult went on to be one of the richest and most deadly cults in Japanese history. Most deadly? Oh, yeah. More than those um, release on the subway people. <gasps> is it them? <gasps> Keep going. Sorry. Oh, I'm excited. This I, is the release on the subway people. I listened to yep. something like yesterday at work about these people. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in it. All right. I'm ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, even though this all this stuff dates back to like the 80s, as I'll tell you, mm. it was like... 2018, before this guy was actually... Like, before this whole chapter finished up. Actually, even later. Even later. It has gone on for years. It's so interesting. I could go on for so... There were so many things I had to omit from the research because I I think I told you I was researching and I was reading all this stuff and I kept forgetting to write things down because I was getting so sucked into the information. But, yeah, it's, it's an insane story. Okay, so... Have Red-Handed just released, like, a shorthand on this? No, but they – Sinister Society. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's what it was. So I realised that I had, like, fallen behind on Sinister Societies and so I was re-listening uh, and that's why I have listened to it recently. Yeah, because it, yeah. it's an older episode, it I is. think. Yeah, it is. Um, but, yes, yeah, so – Actually, I should probably – You should credit them. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I didn't listen to it before I listened to I don't think they I... need it. I don't think they need any publicity. Yeah, they're like – Oh, we really needed those twelve people to listen to us. Well, I mean, you mean you already have. We really need those Shannon ten people. And Shannon already listens to Red Handed, and um, yeah, I think we're probably pretty good. I think we're fine. So sorry, Hannah and Saruji. Yeah, sorry guys, <laughs> that we're stealing your followers. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll start with background about Shoko Asahara. Okay, this is the main leader. Yeah, righto. Shoko was born Chitsu Matsumoto, but he changed his name and for simplicity, I'm just going to continue to refer to him as Shoko Asahara because there's a lot of different names and stuff in this and I don't okay. want to confuse things. But okay. that was his birth name and he did end up changing it. I like um, Matsumoto better. No, that was his surname. Yeah. His first name was Chitsu. I like that better than Shoko Asahara. I like Shoko Asahara. It sounds rock and roll. Shoko Matsumoto. What about that? Oh, that's better. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Asahara. Asahara is whatever. Shoko Matsumoto is fucking cool. Yeah, he should have kept the surname for sure. Yeah, that's where the fire is. He was born in 1955 in the Kumamoto Prefecture, which is a southern island of Japan. He was born into a large family and he was born with uh, infantile glaucoma which caused oh, him to go nice. completely blind mm. in one eye and he only had partial sight in his other eye. So I remember this, yeah. Yeah, so he was almost completely blind, but he did have a little bit of sight in one eye. So his parents, because of this, enrolled him in a school for the blind. Wow. The thing is, he, because he had that tiny bit of sight, he was like, he could see better than almost... Everyone at I, the school. I think all of his peers. I don't oh, want to okay. editorialise, but... I'm pretty sure he could see better than everyone at school. So, oh come on, you're editorializing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he used this to his advantage, and he was quite a bully. Little fucking shit. I know. I've said it before. I'll say it again. All children are little shits. But he was taking advantage of other children. Yeah, other blind children, like a little shit would do. Yeah. So because he are had you this, defending like, him? Shoko, no. Oh my God, he's fucking awful. Shoke, oh no. Shoke, oh no. Asshole Ara. Oh, good one. There you you go. Thank you. So, yeah, so because he had partial sight, he used to really take advantage and basically he could, he would like protect kids, but then he would. This is like when you told me that you were moving the marble on those yeah. on the uneven tiles when we were kids but it was actually <laughs> just the uneven tiles and i thought that you. Were ma- i used to put uh, i told emma that i had magic powers and then she was like i don't believe you and so i found a little bit of tile in our house that was slightly uneven and if you put a marble in a certain spot you could make it look like it was going around in a circle and so i did that and i pointed my finger as if i was moving it and emma was shook i was young <laughs> i was very young continuing Yeah, so he was a a real bully at school. He was a real piece of shit. After graduating, he wanted to go into medicine, but he was unable to, I believe, due to stupidness. So instead, he went into acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. In 1978, Hmm. he got married and he went on to have six children. In the early 80s, he was fined for selling unregulated drugs and practicing pharmacy without a license. And it was around this time that he started studying religion and theology. For our audio listeners, which is everyone, I rolled my eyes. Shoko had a particular interest in Chinese astrology, which is interesting. It is, but so he's Japanese. I mean, they're they're close. They're neighborinos, kind of. I hate my neighbors. Well, I don't know if Chinese and Japanese people love each other anyway. No, they don't, yeah. Yeah. And mixed in with this was Taoism, yoga and meditation, as well as uh, esotericism from Christianity and Buddhism. So a very an interesting mix, but unfortunately, he ended up taking it a bit too far because in 1984, he started Om Shin Rikyo. Uh, at that time, it, so it's had a couple of different names throughout the years and now it actually still exists. I'll get to that later, Ugh. just under different names. But at that time, I believe it was called Om Shinsen No Kai. I don't know what that translates to. You didn't check? Nah, nah. Um, This is also when he changed his name as well. So he started this group and he changed his name. Shoko changed his name. Yeah the group was recognized as an official religion in japan in 1989 despite many believing it to be culty and this was a a a bit of an interesting time in japan in regard to religion because after world war ii there was a bit of a kickback against they used to have like a religion that actually can't i should have written it down i can't remember but they used to have a religion that was like Japanese this is what yeah yep. this is what you are if you're Japanese this is what your religion is right and after World War II there was a lot of kickback against the rigidness of that okay and so they kind of opened it up and gave people religious freedom and were like believe what you want to believe right um which obviously is great but there, the kind of side effect was that a lot of weird kind of culty sort of religions popped up like can I just one. say that most, if not all, of religions have culty aspects. That's absolutely fair enough to say. Mm. I, I think even religious people would agree with that. that yeah. Every religion. I can't think of a single religion where I'm like, yeah, there's nothing culty about it. Yeah. All of them do. Yep. They've all got elements of cultiness. Um, yeah. I think it's just what degree they go to. So anyway, Shoko did a lot of publicity sort of stuff uh, in the late 80s and early 90s, including... so the. His group put out a magazine. They did... Uh, he did a lot of TV interviews. They had, Cute. A, they had an anime, which oh. you can still find. It's on YouTube. Beautiful. All of this stuff, like... This is why I'm saying, like, the 90s vibe, because all of this stuff, it was kind of at the advent of this technology becoming so widely available that, like, you know, everyone's got a TV in their house, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, not that... I mean, people did have TVs in their houses, but do you know what I mean? Like, it was starting to be that age of entertainment kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like... Does that make sense? I think so. I think the advent of kind of mass media yeah. production. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, magazines becoming a big thing. And yeah. Just before the internet. It's it's almost like the precursor to social media. Yeah, social media and internet. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's hard for us to say because we weren't around Prior to that, but I feel like that's when things really started to sort It was the precipice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he also wrote a bunch of books and he also gained notoriety by claiming to be able to levitate and he provided... Oh, I know this one. Have you seen the photos? Uh, no. Well, it's hell funny. It's what totally like funny. It's always people that have one foot just above the other. No, so he's sitting cross-legged, right? So he's sitting kind of like I am now. Actually, he's sitting like this. Right. What he's obviously done is pushed himself off the ground. And so he's been able to like get, get a bit about of, that much yeah. right. Somebody's clicked the camera at just the right moment. But his face, you can see how hard he's trying. He's like... <laughs> it looks like he's trying to push out a shit like he is he's straining so Uh, hard to get that height and he's probably about 20 centimeters off the ground that's very funny but he obviously said that like the strain was because he was like he was trying to levitate power into levitating and then he yeah yeah so people believed (laughs) yeah of course Yeah. he also in this time went and met the dalai lama and he got a photo with him so you can kind of see like he he got this photo with the, and it's pretty much I think it's one of those things where like you could pay as a tourist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he got that photo which kind of yeah. lent him some credibility. Credence, yeah. And then he had this picture of himself levitating. Sure, yeah. No, like, not, well, he was, he was met with the Dalai Lama, the levitation must be true. It must be real. In 1992, he wrote a book called Declaring Myself the Christ, in which he, he declared himself, himself the Christ. Yeah. He said that he could essentially soak up his followers' sins and transfer his Soak him up. He's a sponge. He's a sin sponge. So, Shoko and the Ohm group believed that World War III was imminent and would culminate in a nuclear war and Armageddon. Buddy, World War III has been imminent since the end of World War II. Yeah. If you look at it, Every, I mean, I feel like it's going to happen tomorrow, but... I mean, World War Three is essentially, like, already happening on a small scale between Russia and Ukraine. Like, the world is involved. Mm, yeah, exactly. I actually do think that's going to get bigger because Putin's so fucking crazy. You're going to exclude all the um, Putin heads? Go and have a chat with your boyfriend, Putin, and tell him to calm down. Yeah. Um, so, Shoko actually believed that this Armageddon was necessary and that own followers would be saved. Um, he's taken heavy influence from the Book of Revelations, which I know very little about. I know you don't know anything about it either. But apparently in the Book of Revelations, they talk about the beast when they're talking about end times, like the beast. It's open to interpretation. Of course. I just roll my eyes again so big. It's open to interpretation because Shoko believed that America was the beast. His thought was basically that America was going to kick off World War III. So America was the beast who was going to kick off end times. Um, He believed that this would happen in 1997. Back to the 80s. So in 1989, there was a lawyer in Japan called Sakamoto Tsutsumi who specialised in cults and was working on a class action lawsuit that could have bankrupted the group. And he had previously successfully done a lawsuit against another cult and gotten a heap of money for the people. His work was apparently quite high profile and it included at this time when he was working on this stuff against OME, a TV interview, which the TV network secretly, they weren't meant to, before it aired, they showed it to OME members. I don't know if they knew they were OME members. I don't know if people in the studio were in on it, but they showed it to the group. So he was an obvious target for them. Yeah. But at this stage, they hadn't done anything that crazy. So yeah. they wouldn't no but Sakamoto his wife Satoko and their one-year-old son Tatsuhiko all went missing that year nobody knew what happened to them at the time so nobody could say for certain that the cult were responsible or that they were like what they were even responsible for but in 1995 however which is six years later the bodies of the family were found after Ohm members were arrested and revealed the location and told police what happened. So Ohm killed them, yep? Yes, so what happened? How did they kill them? Oh, okay. On the night of November 5th, 1989, sometime after 3am, it's believed that several members of Ohm broke into the family home carrying a number of syringes and potassium chloride. Apparently, their original plan was to just kidnap Sakamoto from the train station, but I believe it was like a public holiday in Japan that day. So he was at home with his family. I'm skeptical of this because if they put this much planning into it, I'm sure they would go, that's a public holiday. Yeah. He's not going to be at work. Anyway, once inside, they hit Sakamoto in the head with a hammer, choked him and then injected him with potassium chloride. They did the same to his wife. They what beat does that her. do to a person? I'll we'll get to that. Okay. They did the same to his wife and then they killed the little baby Tatsuhiku by injecting him with potassium chloride. Okay. So all the same. All the same except they beat up the, the two adults but with the oh, baby. Oh, okay. There. I mean, they just injected him but... Potassium chloride is what is often used in lethal injections in America. Oh, okay. So it shuts down all the organs. Well, it's controversial because while it does act quickly, it causes cardiac arrest. Yeah. Um, it's not painless. Oh, okay. And so in America with lethal injections, they usually give like a cocktail of drugs. And the one that is meant to the thing is they're all meant they the dosages that they give, they are all lethal Mm -hmm. however the potassium chloride is the one that stops your heart but they also give you stuff to sedate you and it's meant to knock you out so that you don't feel what's happening to you with potassium chloride because potassium chloride if you just inject that into yourself with nothing else it feels like suffocation oh okay so you can't breathe you can't breathe you panic it's not a nice death so when they're doing the lethal injection they're meant to give you a bunch of other stuff to basically knock you out so you don't feel that but so the- it's like sarin gas oh, foreshadowing mm-hmm. um a little bit a little bit yeah so this group really has an mo so yeah in 1989 that happened that was kind of their first foray into Murder. that we know of yeah into yeah some like really dark stuff all right in 1993 the group bought up a number of facilities around the world and one of them just happened to be in our own backyard here on western australia okay the place i'm referring to is banjawan station a cattle station which is roughly 800 kilometers northeast of perth so it would take a full day to drive there from here because it's past kalgoorlie it's not far out of leonora so oh, okay like, yeah you know like yeah. you go kalgoorlie up to leonora yeah it's kind of up from there so like Um, a eight hour nine hour drive no like a 12 hour drive oh okay because okay i think it's like six hours to kalgoorlie yeah right no no like seven hours to kalgoorlie but then you go north north a bit okay yeah it's really it's like on the edge of the desert now are you sure about that pronunciation (laughs) no i'm not (laughs) i hope it's banjo that's how it's spelled For further context, this place is massive. So Wikipedia reckons it's one of the biggest stations in Australia, and that's saying something because some of these stations are the size of small countries. I've read somewhere that it's a million acres, (laughs) and I wasn't sure if that was a joke because my brain finds it hard to conceive of a million acres. Yeah. So I thought they were like, "Oh, it's like a million acres," but it might actually be a million acres um you should have like done like seen if you could visualize a million acres like if they if they if you could google image a million acres you know yeah well you know my old place yeah that was an acre a million of those yeah and a million is such a big number yeah so i wanted to find out who the traditional custodians of the land were that Mm -hmm. that banjewon station sits on but it's so big that i think it might actually straddle a couple yeah um from google searches i think that it sits on well i thought that it sits on um chakajara land i'm apologize for the pronunciation or it may belong to the dalit people that's what i found researching but i also cross-reference with this map that i have that has like all of the nations the aboriginal nations within the map of australia Mm -hmm. just from looking at it it could also be on nana land wawoola land or nangachara land i don't actually know for sure and i apologize we didn't get taught this stuff in school we should have but yep the they don't teach us much. well i don't know maybe they do now but in the 90s and early 2000s they did not teach australian kids enough about aboriginal culture or aboriginal land or anything like that so we have to teach ourselves as adults um but if anybody wants to correct me, I'm happy to learn about this stuff. So that's that's what I thought it was. I'm yep. not 100% okay. sure. So basically in 1993, a number of own members came to Perth and brought through customs, gas masks, protective clothing, and hydrochloric acid, which was mislabeled. It was in little things labelled hand soap. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is pretty fucked. They had between them $30,000 worth of excess luggage. whoa so anyone who's come to australia would know that our border control is very strict i was gonna say this was caught i'm assuming Uh uh-huh yeah Yeah. more so nowadays but even back then Mm. like because this was um, i'm surprised that even pre-9-11 this was post cane toads so like post cane toads pre-9-11 yeah exactly most of this stuff was discovered and two of the members were charged with carrying dangerous items onto a plane i'm guessing they were the ones who had the hydrochloric acid but they were still free to enter so okay. they got charged but they were like they yeah. like, were taking these but chuck that on. in the bin but come off you on go yeah. yeah so they set themselves up at banjewon and honestly back then a bunch of japanese men randomly turning up in the community would have been very strange because even though it's a large place geographically it's a small place population wise and a random like just suddenly a bunch of japanese men in the community would have been weird it would have been strange so there was out of the ordinary yeah so the abc interviewed this guy who used to deliver mail to the remote stations he should he used to deliver mail and groceries newspapers that kind of thing okay and he said that while most of the people he delivered to were friendly and would have a chat, the people at Banjewan were standoffish. He said that some he sometimes heard repetitive noises from inside and once saw a guy out there cutting the lawn with scissors. Ooh, okay. One time he was asked to deliver hydrochloric acid to the station. This didn't immediately set off alarms because a lot of people needed chemicals for their pools, but there was no pool at Banjewan. So spoiler alert they were making nerve agents <laughs> okay, yeah um so yeah like sarin sarin is a nerve sarin agent. gas he added that the sheep on the station weren't being sheared and their water points were going dry so the people there didn't seem to be too interested in actually running a sheep station or looking after the sheep give the sheep away then there's a reason they kept the sheep In 1993 or 94, um, most of the members moved back to Japan, I think, and banjo One was sold back to someone who actually wanted to run a sheep station. Um, But the owner, the new owner, apparently found a heap of weird stuff like chemicals, lab equipment. They didn't think too much of it to start with, obviously, when things happen later on they look back and were like, yep. Are you going to talk about that? Yes. Okay. Some of the members did actually stick around to be caretakers. Uh, and she said that um, they also used to do weird things like starve themselves. The and, new owner? Yeah. Or stand on the head for hours at a time. So the first use of sarin in an attack by the group was in a district of Matsumoto, Nagano Prefecture. The reason they targeted this community in particular is because the residents had vocally opposed, an Aum Shinrikyo office being open there. So in return, they released sarin gas near the homes of judges who would be making the decision regarding the real estate dispute. So they were like, I'm going to help you make your decision. By killing you. Okay. This killed eight people and made hundreds ill. Yeah. At the time, the authorities were focused on a random local and didn't suspect the cult. I don't want to get too deep in technical because I could I could talk about this for hours. But they also synthesized another nerve agent called VX. Um, they used this to kill a man that Shoko suspected of being a spy by sprinkling it on the back of his neck while he was walking down the street.
1: Like, and that killed
0: him. So he chased them. So like they sprinkled it on the back of his neck. He chased mm. them down, but he collapsed not long after. Yeah. And he fell into a coma and he never woke up from it. Oh, my gosh. They didn't know VX had been used at the time, but they did think he'd been poisoned. I, I think because I don't know if anyone saw what happened, but they did suspect that he'd been poisoned. VX was developed for chemical warfare in England in the 1950s, and it's actually the same stuff that was used to assassinate Kim Jong-nam by those yeah. two women. Yeah. That's what they used, yeah. VX. So it's an interesting It is, and it also, like, makes me think about when I think about if I were to kill someone, how would I do it? Mm. VX. Might be a good way. Yeah. It seems like it works. And also seems like it's very difficult to trace. Yeah, probably also very difficult to get. Yes, but but if you were able to get it, especially Clifford, please calm down. Or if you were able to make it, these guys made it. Yeah, and like as if they would suspect that in like little old Perth. Yeah, and some random girl who doesn't have any real any enemies. Ties who's to just like, like I just want to have some on hand. I just yeah, I just don't like these people. Somebody breaks into your house and instead of like pulling out a baseball bat, throw you... a bunch of VX in their face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. The next year, in. 1995 the group killed again and by the way these are just the murders that we know of yeah i'm I'm sure that there was so much more that Mm -hmm. happened that we don't know yeah so there was a woman who joined the cult but left probably after realizing how crazy they were i've read that she was quite wealthy so of course the group weren't happy to lose her yeah so they kidnapped her brother uh, a man named kariya kiyoshi they kept him prisoner and tried to get the location of his sister out of him but ultimately ended up killing him with an overdose of amnesia medication. So he didn't give it up? I don't think so. Aww. He either didn't know or he, yeah, he didn't give yeah. it up. It was only two months after this that Ohm's attacks on the Japanese subway system would take place. Okay. On the 20th of March 1995, the deadliest of the group's attacks took place when Mm -hmm. members of the group boarded five trains during peak hour in Japan's subway system carrying sarin bags wrapped in newspaper. So they had it in liquid, and basically the idea was once the liquid evaporated, which it did very quickly, the sarin gas would... Once near the stations... The members pierced the bags with the ends of umbrellas that they had sharpened to be very pointy, put the umbrellas down, yeah. pierced these bags, okay. and then made, a, obviously, a hasty exit. There were five own members waiting outside each of these train stations who picked them up and drove them away. So they basically were standing right near the door, pierced the bags, got off, got out. Such a organised attack. Oh, very, very organised. These people were intelligent. One yeah. of the guys who did the piercing of the bags was a heart surgeon. Right. They were not. This is the thing about cults that I found find really interesting. It's not. It's not idiots. Yeah. They don't want idiots. Exactly. They don't it's, want it. They, they want smart people. Intelligent people who are vulnerable. I yes. think it's people who yes. are vulnerable in some way because they're going through a certain time in their life or something like that. But, or even just people that are like, I've always thought I've been destined for more. Yeah. Just looking for meaning. Yeah. 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 Um but yeah it's not it's not dummies not idiots no and I'll actually talk about that a bit more because the people that they recruited the fact I've that they always, could make these things I've, they needed smart people I've always thought like I won I would never fall for a cult which makes me think I'll fall for a cult Yeah I think I could actually the the right one I think I could I, I don't think I'm I don't think, think I could which makes me think I could which is like a weird paradox that mm. is I've got to wrestle with in my brain I um I think I wouldn't fall for any of the cults that I have read of, the, but if a cult came along that was like, we love drinking, but, um, like, just the specific things that I like. With like, me, it would be like... Um, we love animals. We love animals. We're, we're all about animals, but also, like... We grow can, our own food. We grow our own food. And like we're can, vegetarian. And you can fuck whoever. Like, when we don't... No one can marry here. And, mm-hmm. like, um, no one can have kids. We and- don't believe in violence, but also, like... We don't like being in each other's space, so we yeah, it wouldn't work. That's that's why I couldn't join a cult because it wouldn't work. My specific you'd have kinks. to have a really weird cult, yeah, a, like, like a cult like no other cult. Everyone has their own rooms, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they uh, they pierced these things and then they made a hasty exit without alerting anyone around them to what they just released. So. <sighs> sarin is a pretty nasty thing it basically makes it it interferes with the enzymes i don't i'm not going to explain it properly but like basically it just your nerves don't turn off so everything everything is on yeah Yeah. on 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 so So it means you can't breathe you can't breathe yeah your eyes are watering you're vomiting you're shitting like it just makes everything on 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 so it's awful an awful way to die yeah it's really horrible yeah 14 people were killed 50 were left permanently injured or disabled and thousands yeah. were like were affected by it or temporarily blinded a lot of people were temporarily blinded by it um which t- so scary fucking like, awful yeah there's several theories as to why the group did this because obviously the question is like why this is so well organized why did you do it and they actually don't know for sure, the reason, because there's a couple of theories. One is that it was to divert attention from a planned raid of OM headquarters, because that was for, I think, the same day or maybe a couple of days after. Okay. The other is that um, it was a false flag mission and that the group were hoping to make it look like this was an attack from America and kick off this right. World War Three Armageddon sure. that they were all so horny for. So yeah. they're the two kind of main theories as to why they did this. After the attacks, federal police raided Banjewan Station and this took them a long time because of how huge it was. Mm. Ob- as I said, the size of a small country Yeah, and they had to comb the whole thing yeah um and also because of how isolated it was it's not like they could just stay at the local so, hotel so J- japanese authorities alerted australian federal police and were like look there's this cult operating well, in Banjoan. actually i read that the person who was the new owner like this all this stuff was on the news about hmm. these attacks the person who was the new owner got a phone call from like locals who were like what the f- have you seen this and then they apparently called afp or called the police mm. afp were alerted and i think they told the japanese and so it's like a big round robin and they eventually found out that america was also involved at some point yeah it was, and so it was a very it was an international affair so it was eventually found out that um om members were at banjuan and so that's when they raided banjuan yeah okay. in the right time frame okay um so they were – <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. They were out there so long that the cops who were investigating it built themselves a little brick barbecue on the property oh, so they could cook themselves food throughout cute. the day and night. Um, and that's actually still there. That's one of the few buildings that's that's actually still there is their little barbecue. So they found evidence that the group had tested sarin gas on sheep at the station. Oh, no. Yeah. That's why they had the sheep. Exactly. And there was also – this is debated – But I read that there was also some evidence that they were digging up uranium. Like natural uranium in the soil? Uranium, because you need it to create nuclear weapons. (sighs) Blimey. It's interesting, despite how insane they seem, that they had some very, very smart people involved who had the capacity to make nuclear weapons. They had scientists. They had people. And this is one of the things I've read, that one of the lures of the group was basically like, if you're a really smart person who wanted to play around with this kind of stuff, it's not the kind of thing you can just do. There's moral and ethical guidelines that are like, no, you can't do that. You're not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas here's somebody going, you want to make a nuclear weapon? Yeah, give it a go. Give it a try. See if you can do it. See if you can do it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So that was apparently one of the things that they... Drew people in. Yeah, and it's apparently one of the things they were doing at banjo So this incident, the Japanese subway attacks, although it happened in Japan, it's often referred to as the start of Australia's terrorism era because a lot of anti-terrorism legislation was passed as a result of what happened at Banjewan. So a lot of our laws go back to 1995 when this happened. Right. There's a bit of a conspiracy theory that's attached to this. The theory is that the group succeeded in making a nuclear weapon and that it was detonated out in the outback on may 28th 1993 there was a small earthquake and it was so small that it wasn't even newsworthy it's like you know when people are like did you know there was an earthquake in perth last night and you're like there's always earthquakes Yeah, yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't anything massive okay just a little bit of a rumble in 1995 after this stuff came out in the news after the japanese attacks a geologist came out and said that in light of the information they'd found out about what Ohm was doing in the area, they believed that this rumble might have actually been a nuclear test. Mm-hmm. So the guy who was purporting this theory took statements from witnesses around the region, although most of them stayed anonymous. So Validity know. questionable. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, who said that they'd seen a bright flash in the sky on the night of this rumble that happened. And this actually went all the way to America because there were concerns that, like, if it's a nuclear weapon, has a nuclear weapon been made? Detonated, yeah. 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 Investigators came from the US and they did not believe that this seismic event was created by a nuclear test, but they also said that it wasn't consistent with earthquake. So they had a look at the, you know, hmm. they said doesn't that doesn't, match with an earthquake but it do- it doesn't match with the nuclear event so a meteorite was suggested but no impact site was found all right but wa is a big area it's a massive area yeah. yes yeah so what they've basically said was it was probably an earthquake because we don't know but the fact that they're not sure what it was and that like they they don't actually like They've said, yeah, that doesn't look like an earthquake. Mm. Um, It's led to this conspiracy theory that it was actually a nuke that was detonated. Interesting. Okay. And a lot of, I don't know, a lot of, I don't want to speak for the people of the area, but. You're doing a lot of editorializing. I know, I know. But apparently a fair few people believe that. Okay. And think that they did actually try and detonate something out there. I'd believe it. It doesn't surprise me. I'll show you a photo. They seem crazy. I'll show you a photo in a minute of the field full of sheep skeletons from where they tested this sarin yeah, gas okay. like it's fucked and there was i can't stress enough how massive this station was yeah so they could have driven out hours and hours and hours and done it yeah i, th- anyway. I think it's hard to um contextualize how big how big it is yeah how big even just wa is yeah, I mean, I live here and I drive these distances and I still find it hard to do in my brain. So I'm yeah. thinking about somebody who lives in the UK who can drive from one side to the other in a day. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I think it's hard to imagine that, like... You can drive a ...in day. a day you've gone, like, a, a little tiny, like, centimetre on the map far. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, nowadays, Banjewan is a cattle station, as most of them have become i think cattle's more of a thing now than sheep a lot of the old buildings aren't there anymore the owner they interviewed the new owner in this abc article very nonchalant about it doesn't yeah. like the attention that this whole <laughs> thing has caused and yeah it's just sort of like yeah well stranger things have happened yeah right <laughs> um, anyway i'm getting to the end of this but In 2000, the group changed their name to Aleph after one of the group was released from prison and took on a leading role in what was left of the group. In 2004, Shoko and the group members directly involved in the subway attacks were sentenced to death. Side note, two of them were still on the run until 2012. So, very recent. Mm. Shoko and the others were executed in 2018. Wow. Not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, Shoko was cremated, but the authorities faced... Do you know how they were killed? No, I'm not sure. I would have fucking loved it if it was potassium chloride. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) In this this particular example, it would be very poetic. Yeah. So, yeah, the authorities faced a bit of an issue regarding what to do with these ashes because they were worried that whatever they did with them, wherever they were scattered it could cause further cult activities because something I didn't mention was people loved this guy so much. They thought he was so magical. He used to sell his bath water. Yeah. People used to like drink it, like put his tea, brew his Wasn't um, this one of, the his most, into tea. one of the most successful cults money-wise? Yes, yeah. it was. The Billions of dollars. Of dollars and yeah. yeah, he would sell random shit off his body. Like, it's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. So they were worried that no matter what they did with his ashes, it would spark people right. to it would be like a weird kind of martyrdom. Yeah. It's looking like... Well, in 2020 or 2021, I think, was the last time I could see an article about this. Mm. They were going to give the ashes to one of his daughters um, who because he had a few kids but there was one of his daughters who didn't like him very much (laughs) she was like very realistic about him was like yeah he wasn't a great dad yeah um and so it seemed like they were going to give the ashes they're like she's the most normal yeah they were like she's not going to do anything with them (laughs) yeah she's gonna like ditch them in the backyard yeah yeah so it's looking like they were going to give them to her i think that's probably what happened okay oh and by the way, they still exist today under different names. There's yeah, splinter right. groups, but they don't not... have any religious affiliation. Well, I mean, like at the start, it's a weird little mix of yeah, different things. Okay, but it's it's mostly just like his. Who knows nowadays? Like who knows nowadays what they're up to? It's yeah, a bit right. scary because um, I feel like they did have some very smart people involved, so yeah. that kind of freaks me out. But yeah, that is the story of Omshin Rikyo, the Japanese subway attacks, and our little link with Banjoan Station. I listened to, like I said, a story about these guys on Sinister Societies. Sinister Societies. Yep. It really test the lisp. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, and they did not mention the Banjoan Station link. Yeah. Well, I mentioned that because obviously it's interesting to me, and that's what's really important here. Yeah, it's in Western Australia. <laughs> Yeah, no, really great job. Thank you. I've never been there, but um, we'll go. As I say, it's so massive. That yeah, it takes so long to get there. It takes so. I, I mean, I would like to go out there because I just I love going out. It's like you know, if um, one of Rosa us, Mason, off. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I something she said something once about how she loves going out to like just the most random little towns in Australia yeah. because you you find such treasure out there, and yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those things where it's like you. So it's like when I went out to Whitnum, like yeah. it's just, it's something different. It's weird and it's unusual. It's such a different life, even though it's like you're in the same state in the same country. Yeah, yeah. Well, we already said we'd go to Kalgoorlie. So, I mean, it's not oh, that far God. from Kalgoorlie. Yeah. I think it's like an extra five hours up to. All right. We'll do a Kalgoorlie. Um, do a little round Robin. <laughs> Benjuan trip. Yeah. <laughs> we about- also said we were going to go to Min Yeah. Yeah. Bulia to go to bull Arrow as well all right. well that'll be the queensland trip Jeez. all right
1: all right um, well
0: thanks for that sarah yeah no worries what are you talking about next week uh, you didn't want to tell me right you I don't want to tell me you because yeah. you don't want me to look it up i don't want, i don't want to tell you so i'm just gonna leave it as a surprise you did tell me it's a, an it's a I survival survived. story yeah yeah okay that's very exciting it is yeah <laughs> it's such a good story i cannot wait i survived episodes are my favorite my favorite murder episodes yes because yes. and i this love is... hearing about crime but it is a bummer that people die and it, like i do sometimes feel like should we be talking about this is this like okay to be talking about and so with the i survived ones it's like yes hell yes we can talk about it like and this is not one that i've heard on any single podcast ever okay all right now let's go watch ghost files ghost files by watcher all right but also follow us on everything that um, we mentioned at the start yeah please do and listen next week. Listen next week for an insane I survived story. And thank story. you to our friend listening in Oregon. Yeah, thank you. If you want a shirt, DM us and we will send you a shirt free of charge. Free of charge. We will send it on our own dime. Just send us your address and your size. Emma loves making shirts. I, I have three shirts that I've made myself. Okay. Yeah, drop us, drop us a line, Oregon friend. I'm coming off drunk. a bit desperate now. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>